Hi everyone, welcome to Raise to Rise podcast, a place where we discuss bite-sized wisdom nuggets with easy-to-follow practices to live a better life. Raise to Rise podcast is supported by Ayurvedic Seva. Ayurvedic Seva is an herbal dietary supplement line set out to change the industry by dedicating the company to quality, safety, and holistic approach on making the wellness journey safe, healthy, and natural. If you want to start adding some natural herbs in your life, then head over to ayurvedicseva.com and use our promo code Raise to Rise for 30% discount. Once again, it's ayurvedicseva.com and use our promo code Raise to Rise for 30% discount. I am your host, Mithal Patel, a parenting junkie, Ayurveda enthusiast, and an advocate of conscious living. Hey, hey, hey. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Race to Rise podcast. So happy to have you, each and every one of you. Today, we have a special guest with us. We have Sean Alden. He is a transformative mindset coach, a husband-to-be, and a father. He is a recovered alcoholic and has had to reinvent himself in a few times. He's been in some awful places and more than once that he actually thought of that he's never going to make out. Hence, he's so passionate about helping people long before they even reached that existential crisis point in their lives. And Sean actually helps his clients go deep within to figure out who they are so they can craft a life that will provide fulfillment and joy. Sean, first of all, thank you so much for coming to our show and welcome in. I really want to thank you for doing what you're doing because oftentimes we get so caught up on our survival mode that we don't even realize that this is coming. And so I really appreciate the work that you're doing. So thank you for coming to our show and just, you know, welcome and share your wisdom away with us today. Well, no, I really appreciate you having me. Uh, I, I appreciate your your energy that you put out into the world. So uh, very happy to be here and to collaborate and just to have some awesome discussion. So uh, thank amazing. you for having me. Thank you. No, and you know, on that note, I really want to um, want everyone to know that how important this is, the mindset shift that we're looking into because everything starts from there and we don't realize because we're so caught up in our day-to-day life and we're like stuck in our auto you know pilot mode and so before we go into our discussion could you please tell us a little bit about your experience in that situation where you thought that there's no way out and we would love to hear your thoughts about you know how can we become aware before we even reach that point um well you know that's a that's a very good question i appreciate you going there because I think back often to, you know, as I, as I went through the program that we both went through, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you're forced to do a lot of reflection, uh, you know, and take your, yourself back through your own journey. And I remember one reflection specifically of, you know, what would have happened had I had a coach myself, right? You know, like at a certain mm-hmm. age. And that was a pretty powerful reflection, right? Because, you know, if you, if you look at my own journey, and I, I, I could spend the entire time we have speaking about this, so I'm going I'm to abbreviate it as best I can. But it was just an increasingly, increasingly negative place, right? And really, the, the place I'm talking about is my mind, right? Because mm. I, at some point in my life, just stopped asking good questions to myself, right? Mm. So I, I spent 
the latter part of my adolescence and basically the entirety of my 20s, um, you know, living a life and, and, and chasing goals and things perhaps mm-hmm. that were all borrowed, right? Mm-hmm. None of them were my mm-hmm. own. Um, mm-hmm. I was chasing things that societally you're, you're being led to believe will make you happy, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, I had no idea how I was going after them. Uh, the plan was not my own. I was going after things that were never going to make me happy because mm. they were status symbols. And the further I went, frustrated that I wasn't achieving these things, frustrated that I wasn't accomplishing these things. I was having some, you know, minor successes in career mm-hmm. here and there, but I was really just lost, right? And mm-hmm. over time, the sad part is with, you know, with, with the addiction, with the alcoholism is that mm-hmm. the amount that worked for you at one point stops mm-hmm. being enough very quickly, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the, the, the last couple of years of my addiction, the, the, the saddest part was that for about the last three to four years, right, about mm-hmm. 26 to 30 years of age, when I finally hit rock bottom for the last time, mm-hmm. is I knew, right? Like I knew the entire time, right? Like there's, mm-hmm. there's a history on my father's side of, mm-hmm. um, you know, of addiction and alcoholism. So mm-hmm. I knew for a very, very long time that what I was doing wasn't healthy, but I knew this path. As, mm. as painful as it was, it, everything you hear about, you know, staying in something because you know it, even though mm-hmm. it is painful, but you know your reality, mm-hmm. there is a lot of truth in that because you have absolutely no idea how to fathom a way out. The amount that you were using before isn't enough, right? So you're, 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 you're and also a lot of alcoholics have very active minds, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of addicts and alcoholics have extremely active minds. Mm. So for me, it was the only piece I ever got, right? I didn't have meditation back then. I, I, didn't open as many books as I should. I didn't have any mindfulness practice. Uh, I didn't journal. I didn't have any outlets, you know, mm. for the thoughts that were racing in my mind. Mm-hmm. So the only thing I developed over time was numbing it and just mm. shutting it up. Right. So the feeling of having that first drink, and then after a while, it was like throughout the day I had to be drinking, and then you know I don't I don't even know how I pulled off the last couple of years to be honest. Mm. Because I was a constant mess, just staying afloat basically trying to convince every area everyone in every area of my life that i that i had it together and until you know i couldn't anymore right so Mm. you know i drank myself into the hospital more than once um and it was just finally you know one lingering question or just kind of like why am i just like there are people in this world that love me like why Mm. do i keep putting them through this Mm. um you know Am I, and then finally, like a question just kind of creeped in, right? It was like, well, you've always said you wanted to be a father. Do you, do you want to try and see if you can actually become that person, right? Wow. And uh, because I knew I always wanted that job, mm-hmm. I decided I would go to my first AA meeting. Mm. And that is finally when this curiosity, now it's been seven years coming, right? And I, I didn't necessarily do the, the quickest trajectory. I got back into hospitality, but soberly this time and Mm. started climbing with a company in hospitality and did very well. But it was the fact that I switched my surroundings. I switched the way that I thought Mm. I changed up some habits. I welcomed in things like meditation, prayer, things that had been so foreign to me before. And by changing certain surroundings, changing certain habits and routines, my life could change that quickly, right? Wow. Now it's been like mm-hmm. a staggered go of it. Mm-hmm. And you know, now I've been mm-hmm. almost five years, like truly sober. But that was, the, that was the starting point, right? I was like, okay, this is really interesting, right? Like mm. this, like engineering the human mind a little bit. Like how yeah. the hell did I go from being such a mess with, mm. with no hope and no belief that anything good could ever happen in my life? Mm. My self-talk was terrible, right? Terrible. Right. Uh, you know, I used to tell myself stories like, you know, I'll just never earn six figures or more. That's just not who I am. As soon as I changed that story in my mind and got mm. sober, 
I, I corrected that very quickly, right? So yeah. it's just, that was, and that's kind of why I'm still here, still in this space and now like diving even deeper mm-hmm. than I ever have because I've helped a few people now, right? I've helped, mm. I've helped clients, uh, you know, to massive transformations. I've helped, uh, you know, other people, you know, achieve sobriety and, you know, I, I just, I want to know more right now. I just want to dive further into this world and it does, it's not, you know, I do want to work with more alcoholics to help them get sober, but it's mm-hmm. not just alcoholics that I want to work with. It's just mm-hmm. people, right? I want more people to just have a more peaceful existence. Mm. They find a way to deal with the noise better, right? And just have better, better filters for living. First of all, I really want to take this opportunity and say how you, how you mentioned like five years completely that you've been off of that. So congratulations. That's a big achievement. Second thing is I truly understand your journey. And I really, I have witnessed this journey with my husband. And when you're in that mess, it's like you don't know what to do until unless somebody's like pulling you off. And I'm so glad that you had that realization. And you asked that question like about you being a father because you wanted a dad job. That was such a thick, you know, it was a profound question that came to you and you were able to pull yourself out of that because you wanted to be a father. That's an incredible, incredible journey. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you for being so open and, you know, being so vulnerable with us. And because not that everybody is feeling so like, oh, I'm proud of myself that, you know, I was an alcoholic back then and now I'm good. And, but you are openly sharing it. Hey these were my roadblocks. Now my mess has become my message. And I really want to serve other people before they even get into that mess. I want to write that down. <laughs> my mess is now my message. Yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. That's and, it's, it, and it's, but, and that's what you're, you're sharing. And I really love that what you, before even people hit that bottom or, you know, hit that mess, you're trying to pull the people out and show them the other side. Like, Hey, this is where the joy is. This is where the fulfillment is. Just because, you know, you mentioned about your, your career. Can you, can you tell us a l- little bit more about how, you know, are you still in that career? What's, what's happening? And you, are you, you know, are you a father? Like, how's that father journey has been helping you? The father journey has been amazing. Um, we have one very healthy, truly amazing, beautiful little girl named Lily. Um, she is uh, absolutely a joy. Every day is is actually amazing. As a result, the job Aww. is as good as I thought it was. You know, even even when the the, the eighteen month sleep regression that's come early is happening mm-hmm. right now, and I'm still up for a couple hours a night for the last week and a half, it, it, it doesn't so really matter. <laughs> you will. It's just you know she wakes up and smiles at you, and you're like, you are forgiven. You know, like, like it, it, immediately. So. I'm going to have a hard time being the disciplinarian uh, with my daughter. I can already yeah. tell. Um, but no, I'm not in my career anymore. This has been a very interesting, interesting year. I was, I worked, I was working for an amazing company. It, it really was. Uh, I just wasn't happy anymore. There was no joy left. Uh, you know, once I was a new father, hospitality provided me a lot in my career. This last company that I was with, I helped, you know, open a restaurant, uh, you know, a general manager, equity partner. I had a lot of fun and I learned a lot. You know, I would, I, I'm mm-hmm. grateful for experience that I had, but that the last six years is on top of another 10 or 11 years in this industry. Mm. And it was just a grind physically, right? I also, also in the back of my mind, I had the fact that I had an aunt who had worked in restaurants for 20 plus years and wearing high heels and she had arthritis in both hips and it was really hard on her health, right? So, you know, I was also thinking like, I want to be around for a very long time. 
but I also want to do slightly more meaningful work, mm. right? Like in terms of like helping people because the favorite part of that job for me was taking somebody who was like a blank canvas, right? Who like th mm. thought they might want to be a manager. They want to learn how to be a manager and they want to get their first management contract, right? And when, once I got that person, you know, this is when I fully came alive. Like when I got that person that was like, I, I want to be a manager, right? Mm. But they're like, they're, they're lost otherwise. They, they, they look like lost puppies and they have no idea what they're doing. And to be like, no, we're going to do this. We're going to build a plan. We're going to get you there. And, you know, from, from the starting point, it was just like nothing else really matters if you don't believe you can. So do you believe you can, right? And that's kind of where, where I started with everybody, not really knowing exactly why it was working, but mm -hmm. you know, I spent like, I had a very different approach and I just spent the majority of the starting of their time training into management about just impacting the questions that they ask themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it's like, can you see yourself succeeding? Right. So I was helping them visualize the end point, like getting to the end or like mm -hmm. being the successful manager. So I was doing some things that having, you know, got done a lot more like official training in the space, mm -hmm. realized why it was working. But mm -hmm. that was what I loved most about the job, right? So what I realized is, whatever I do next, I need to be doing it more often where I'm specifically working with people that mm. want to get the most out of their lives, whatever that is, right? And like, usually, you know, the, the, and I have some clients now who have had the financial success, but you've mm -hmm. heard this classic saying, you know, oh, similar yeah. to where I was, yeah. where, you know, they're working very hard and they do have the financial success and they're just, they're trying to figure out why that isn't enough, right? Because mm. we, we all, we all grew up being led to believe yeah. that if you make that cash, get that house, find your partner, have a yep. couple kids, that you've got that cookie cutter nuclear family and everything's good, yeah. right? Yeah. Wrong. And, it, and it's not working. It's not mm -hmm. working until we're in that, in that space. So basically what I hear is you've been always that working that, what I, what I also heard is like the mindset work that you've been always doing it. And you know, now you're niching in the mind as a mindset coach, since you're in that space and you have moved on to the coaching career, I really would like to know uh, a bit about the barriers and obstacles that one would face prior to getting onto this journey of fulfillment or joy. Like, how do we know that this is what I really want? So as a mindset coach. Get, getting people to that place. I mean, you know, as a mindset coach, is anybody trying to shift somebody's uh you know perspective mm. into opening their mind even slightly that there can be better there there needs to be some readiness from the other party like uh you know like, uh, unfortunately you know no coach is is a miracle worker mm. and you know unless like somebody was put in front of like a you know a robin sharma or you know like a, a gabby bernstein or, or one of these powerhouses or like a tony robbins then you're probably gonna be like oh wow i need to pay attention right but otherwise it has to be the individual wanting to change, right? Yeah. Like I, I can only do so much if there mm -hmm. isn't a little bit of a desire mm. to just kind of want to live better. And, you know, it just, it just kind of comes down to the story that you, that, that, that you tell yourself, right? So like mm. the only way that I can potentially get there, it's funny, I do have, uh, I do have one client that was a complete accident. Like this, I wasn't expecting to have this person as a client, mm -hmm. uh, but it just kind of started as a conversation about, 
more or less trying to make fun of what coaching is right mm -hmm. and like what like so what do you even do right like well what is what is coaching even uh -huh. and then you know halfway through our, our conversation i was like so you're kind of being coached now like just an fyi so mm -hmm. you know like are you okay with like this conversation continuing the way that it is and he was like uh yeah and like we yeah. talked for another like 45 minutes uh -huh. and it wasn't even intended to kind of be a coaching conversation this person mm -hmm. had just never had somebody in their life ever just dedicate time to them and just ask them about how they felt and, and how their life was and like what they really wanted and if this path was going to lead to something fulfilling and mm. you know that that turned into a client as well right so it's uh i don't I, sorry i've, I've kind of gone on a bit of a tangent here and i can't remember if i no, answered no, your question no, or not yeah, no no we got it like you know it's it's the willingness that people need to have like you know people need to have if they really want that change Yes. The, you know, acceptance from their side, it's the coach cannot do, you know, anything unless there is that, okay, yes, I want to change. Or, no, you know, what the coach can do, what the coach, coach can, can do, do is that once there is that desire, oh. then a good coach can be your lightning in a bottle. Right. Definitely. Like if you have a good coach that is truly committed to your yes. success, once you have that desire, mm. then I highly recommend you find a coach. Yes. Right? yes. Because like this, this is something that I think a lot of people like are still like, it, it's becoming more and more popular, right? I read, mm -hmm. I read a study that heading into 2021, mm -hmm. I can't remember who did the study, so forgive me, but basically more people than ever mm -hmm. are considering spending a decent chunk of their income on self-help, right? Mm -hmm. There's more of an mm -hmm. appetite for this than there ever has been historically, right? Yep. So yep. you got to ask yourself, right? When people get more important, make more money, they get busier, their team grows, right? Yep. So their team gets bigger. They have an assistant, they have a PR person, they have this planner, they, they have event planners. Well, the individual historically has not had access to a team, right? But yeah. if you do well enough now and you want to push yourself to get better and you want to push yourself to, to live beyond what you ever thought was possible before, you know, you make enough money and you're willing to make an investment of, uh, in yourself. That's kind of what the personal coach is doing nowadays, mm -hmm. right? It's like giving the individual access to their kind of small team to yeah. dedicate the energy to, you know, helping them get ahead, right? And so, to, to add to that point too, like I really want to jump in and also mention that, you know, as a coach, it's like, because we humans, like, again, to that point that we're so stuck in our maintaining daily lives, like, you know, and it's just becoming complex and complex with the, you know, with being a parent or having kids and, you know, yeah, we're juggling like all over the place and a coach or, you know, a guide, or even if you don't want to coach and if you go, we all are seeking for that person who would give us that space and allow us to speak and just listen to us. Right now, in the time that we're living, there is, we don't have that, you know, that person or that space where somebody's there to listen to us. And I feel that, you know, coaching is what that I have personally benefited from that, like where somebody else is like, just, you know, listening to me to listen to me. And like, they're, you know, reassuring me that this is what I said. In general life, when you have a conversation, it's like everybody's listening to you to reply to you. But a coach like really is there they dedicate your their time and you know energy to listen to you and be that that light for you and you know showing you the light in the tunnel like hey this is where your direction now I'm looking around go. for a mirror but I can't find one because you know, <laughs> it's the it's the best analogy that there is but you know it's effectively yeah. like, I mean to, to, to further your point there right is why is it so common 
first of all, why do we, why do we have a term midlife crisis, right? Yeah. Why can yeah. you get that far into your life? Why have we set up a system for living historically, yeah. especially in Western life, where you can get that far into your life and then the midlife yeah. crisis is so common, right? Mm -hmm. it's, you, you get to that point because you don't have clarity up until that point, yes. right? You're, yes. you're, you're working a societal framework, right? Yeah. As, as Vishen Lakiani likes to say, the society scape, mm -hmm. you're literally just plugged into the society scape, climbing rung at a time yeah. that you're told from childhood that this is what makes you successful, right? Yeah, because yeah. We're, we're sold that. Like, it's, it's actually really sad, but there are marketers that work for large corporations whose mm -hmm. sole job is to get inside the mind of a child, right? So oh my gosh. Child can start to think they become a consumer and everybody like, so like that exists as a profession, as a parent, what do you do? That is you know I mean? so that that is so true, and that's why I am so fascinated with the work that I do. Like how you mentioned, you know, how the childhood gets affected with this, and how they're planting these seeds at the moment in our in our kids' head, and so then yeah, then that's how we have these midlife crisis. But one of the one of the thing that when I work when, with my clients, and I because you know you ask like, what do you do with these things? What, um, so I, when I work with my clients, one of the things that I explain is like, it's us parents need to take charge, not, not some advertisement or marketing that needs to plant the seeds. It's us parents needs to plant the seeds in our, in our kids' mind. And for that, what should we do or what can we do? Forget about the society, what society is telling you and forget about the standards that society is setting and create that environment in your house where you know where your kids are and right now specifically in this whole time where kids are spending more time in the house let's create that space and provide that space to our kids where they can thrive better and design our and, and i and i say it like let me dress up my home for my kids needs and not like okay this is where my couch goes or this is where my tv goes so just to like you know how can i as a parent provide that space to my kids. And that's what I do when I work with my hands. Like, hey, you wanna, you wanna, you know, do you want to make sure that your kids don't go through the same thing that you're doing? This is what we need to do. We need to facilitate that environment to our kids, get them ready mm -hmm. and to be resilient. Well, yeah, just, I mean, at, at, at the end of the day, it's questions again, right? Uh, it's, for it, sure. it's, all, it's always questions. And always. That's, that's again, that's why I love coaching. That's what I, when I first started going through the Jay Shetty certification school, mm -hmm. that was my initial stuck point, right? With mm -hmm. the, the feedback that I got was because in my previous roles, I was coach, yes, but like trainer and mentor because I had what the people I was training needed. So I, I had the trainer hat on still and really wanted to do it. But like, since you, once you fully embrace the power of, of the question and you realize that like the most successful people on the planet, they ask the best questions and not externally, but internally. Right. Sure. So when you think about that, if you want people to have epiphanies, if you want people to have breakthroughs, it's just questions. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like to the, to the parent out there, it's what kind of a child do you want to raise? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, you know, if you I'm assuming someone of character. I'm, I'm assuming, you know, someone that respects themselves so that they can respect others. I'm assuming you want someone like, a, you know, uh, to raise a child that is curious, mm -hmm. right? That will embrace their childlike curiosity and never turn that off and, you know, like look yeah. for, seek for fulfillment. And the list goes on and on and on. Yep. Yep. So if you want to create that, you have to actually ask yourself the question, like what yeah. does the parent of that person do? Like how does yep. the parent of that that child I'm describing behave, right? Yep. And then the yep. next question is, am I behaving that way? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, it, it takes us again, 
that the question route is the best route, I feel, because it takes, we already know the answers. It's just, we need that tap and the nudge of the question um, to get the reflection out and, you know, get the answer out, which, which actually reminds me that I really, to the point before how you said, like, you know, how can someone come, you know, to come to a coach, like, okay, this is what's happening. How can they seek for help? So can you share some of the factors, like, you know, for them to be willing or accept that, okay, they need help and for them to be willing to ask for the help or change. Can you share some of the factors that you think will help someone to decide or be willing to change and seek a mindset coach? Uh, well, just again, it just kind of, it, it, it just starts with the questions they're, they're asking themselves, right? And mm. like, who, who, who are they surrounding themselves with? It, like, mm-hmm. it can be so random sometimes, right? Mm. Um, like for example, and this is kind of related, but not, but like when I read, when I ran my first triathlon, right? Like I'd, I'd been sober for, for a wow. bit, mm-hmm. but when I ran my first triathlon, it was incredibly random. It was because I listened to a podcast of David Goggins, who is an ultra marathon runner. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I heard him say that, you know, I hate running. I hate brushing my teeth and eating too, but they're necessary things for my survival. So like, mm. you know, he really just got into the running to do, to do something hard every day, right. To punish himself, right. Mm. To do something hard. And, you know, so I decided that I wanted to be very, very fit again. Right. So I was like, I'm going to do something that I would have never signed up for ever before. It's just because the conditions aligned, right. The conditions aligned randomly in a way where I was like, well, yeah, I mean, some friends are going to sign up for triathlon now. And now I've, I've doubled it up and I've done a half Ironman and the next goal is an Ironman. Right. So inspiration can come from anywhere. Um, Mm -hmm. But once that initial curiosity is peaked, it's difficult to say where it actually comes from. Sometimes a book comes across your way in this world that we live in now. If you're spending any time on YouTube, Mm. it's very easy to come across a clip of something on YouTube that starts to speak to you in a way. But I don't know. It's just that usually, because what I find, and I'm sure you found the same thing, is that most of my clients have come through referrals, right? Like Mm. most of my clients are through having worked with other clients who are Mm -hmm. just wanting to share the growth Mm -hmm. that they've had. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not every client, not every discovery call you have becomes a client, but, you know, usually sometimes they come back around because they just weren't ready in that moment, Mm. right? So I love that. I'm having a hard time answering your question exactly because it's it's difficult to know like what mix or combination of factors for 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 each individual and person makes them ready because it's an intimidating thing right like think about it like I I've I've just recently like I, I'm in, I'm in a group coaching setting because mm-hmm. you know I want to partake in as as a client and and mm-hmm. you know just kind of like put myself out there put my money where my mouth is but I also recently just hired a business coach as well right mm-hmm. so I'm like I want to go all in and and I want to get you know my business up and running and the things I'm mm-hmm. not good at like you know the marketing side I, I want to get good at it so you know the climate was right I was but I was still uncomfortable I was like this is a lot of money to pay for mm-hmm. a coach so doing that was really powerful for me because it made me realize okay. I'm much clearer now on what it's like to be on the other side of this and, you know, being told a fee and having to consider, well, what's, what's this worth to me? But things have really started to happen faster since I said yes to that relationship, right? It, it, it's funny how it works when you invest in yourself and when you, when you kind of like go all in, but I don't know. I, I'd love you to jump in and kind of maybe finish the, the I, question for me. 
So first of all, I really, I resonated with what you said about being on the other side and investing in our growth. I am such a firm believer on investing in my growth, whether it's about business or my personal development, anything. And so, yeah, it gives us a perspective. And what I learned, so what, what I really, like, I agree with the point that you said, everybody's different. Everybody's unique. Don't know how that willingness is going to come you know, it might, the willingness in you for to change might be from a book. For me, it might be some kind of conversation I had for, with my kid. Or for some, it might be a question like you mentioned before. So it looks different. Like there are so many factors that can play a role in, you know, in, in the inspiration of the, of, for someone to be willing to change or, you know, go for their own or go for the investment in their personal growth or the professional growth or anything. So I, you perfectly answered the question. There are so many factors. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, everybody's different. Everybody's but, unique. But everything that you just said makes me think about something else as well, right? Because like the young impressionable minds, right? You're, mm. you're working with parents. But, you know, the beliefs, like a lot of like the success that we have in adult life just yep. comes from the belief that, that we develop, you know, as a, in childhood. And yep. there's so many success stories that you'll hear about, right? Where like somebody comes from a not so positive upbringing but the right person at the right time tells them that they saw something in them right and Mm -hmm. they take like that that human being takes that little nugget of like this person just didn't have to but told me they see something in me Mm -hmm. and they become something because of that right so you gotta ask yourself why and you gotta tell yourself like what damage am i doing Mm -hmm. to children children. in my frustration i tell them to beat it or stop doing that or you're never going to be good at that or whatever like the Mm -hmm. power that an adult holds with a diminishing offhand remark it's scary scary. at the same time at the same time you can change a life at any age by just mm-hmm. telling somebody that you believe in them or that they yes. have the potential, right? Yes. And like being in this space, I'm sure you recognize as well, like that, that's why I'm here, right? Like that's why I will never be anywhere else and I will always be here is that having been literally in some of the gutters that I've been in is that, mm-hmm. you know, I know that some people have had it worse than me, right? Some people mm-hmm. never made it out, mm-hmm. right? So like some people definitely have had it worse than me, but yeah. like a lot of people think they have, but haven't come close, right? Yeah. So the one thing that I now have a very hard time hearing or have a very hard time listening to is anybody telling me, well, I've tried everything and oh, I, yes, nothing <laughs> works or you don't know my story. It's like, yes. well, maybe I don't but do you want to go back and forth for a bit? Because I guarantee you, you're going to be shocked at some of the Mm -hmm. things I tell you. So like, if you want to play the victim card, I'll go there with you for a bit, but then we need to leave this behind if you want any amount of growth, because once you want to realize that the pity party is because so many other humans have felt pain in their lives, then, you know, it's go time, right? Let's stay there for a minute, but let's move forward. Let's move forward. I, I love that how you said the pity party's over now. Let's, let's move, let's move on. I really, well, if you want to live a meaningful life, if you want to live a meaningful life, there yeah. has to be a statute of limitations yes. on how hard you had it. Right. Yes. And that, that, that might be tough to hear, you yep. know, and that, that like some people, whenever you have this type of conversation, you're going to piss off one or two people who are going to be sure. like really annoyed where you're like, you don't know how hard it is for me right now. Mm. I'm like, no, I, I get that. Uh, you know, I also used to just get home and, and just hang out with a vodka bottle until the vodka bottle was done, pass mm-hmm. out, wake up, drink out of the vodka bottle again. So like, I'm just, I'm saying that to be like, if you want to go there with me, I can, because mm-hmm. I have a lot of ugliness in my story, but I embrace mm-hmm. all of it now. Right. Because it gives right. me the ability to truly greatly enjoy 
mm. every moment that I live in now, right? Mm. Like having had gone through all of that. Yeah. So that's the beauty in it, right? Is that like, no, it, it, your situation is not permanent. It's just your current situation. As bad yeah. as it is right now, there is a possibility for better. When you are ready, I'm ready to have that conversation with you. And I'm ready to start building a path for you that will be unique to you that will, you know, lead you towards a beautiful life. But it's possible Amazing. for every person. And that's just what it comes down to at the end is that like, yes, I genuinely believe that it is possible for every person or I would not be doing this. Yes, I couldn't, couldn't have agreed more. Love how you brought that point that, you know, it's possible and us having these kind of conversations. And if somebody's listening, they're like, yeah, of course, you know, you don't know my story. And like how you said, we might not know, but let's have that chat. Let me understand you. Let me try to, you know, let, let me listen to you. We, we don't, I'm sure I don't know how your story must have been like, you know, the uglier than mine, but let's listen to it and let's move forward. Because mm -hmm. when, when the train, you know, uh, and I, and I always tell myself this, like when the train leaves you know, one station in order for the train to go to the next station, it has to be moving. If the train just stops there, it's not going to go any, any forward. You have to, you know, it can't reach the station that it's looking for. So if you really want to live that fulfilled life and, you know, if you want to be feel like if you want to be happy in whatever you're doing, you're going to have to be that change. You're going to have to be willing to reach out to someone or, you know, or even do it yourself. Like how you mentioned about the personal development, whole industry going. So like, you know, how everybody's investing in their growth. Great. Do it. And, but I really believe that having a personal coach can like really speed up the process because you have that reflection partner, that accountability partner, who can take you dig deep, can take you to the root cause and like really work with the mindset and take you, have you mentioned like out of the victimhood and, you know, go on a thriving mode. Sean, this was an amazing, incredible conversation. Like I really appreciate it. I, I can just go on and on about, you know, the whole journey and sometimes I might even get confused with my reframing questions because the conversation is just so powerful how you're bringing, you know, the, the, the real stories of your life, the clients that you've had. And this has just been amazing. I really appreciate you coming on the show and, you know, sharing with us. And for those of you who are listening to us, we're going to leave all the details for Sean in our show notes. But before we actually even let you go, could you share some of your projects that you're working on? Like how can someone reach out to you and how do you work with people and who do you work with? Uh, yeah, well, I, I work with, with predominantly men. I haven't, uh, I haven't mm. officially kind of become a men's coach officially because you know, if the right, if the right like relationship comes mm -hmm. up, I want to work with the, the person. Right. Mm -hmm. But the, the reason that I just, I chose men is that, you know, I feel like there's an opportunity for, you know, to give a little bit more attention to men now, right? There's been mm -hmm. this perception of toxic masculinity for a long time. So for mm -hmm. a lot of time, it's been like, you know, so much of what it means to be a man has been shamed. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, men have done some terrible things, right? But not all men are bad for having some masculinity. So mm -hmm. some of the biggest growth for me happened when I was in a men's group in recovery, right? So mm -hmm. therefore, I want to help other men be better fathers, better husbands, better bosses, better employees, better Love brothers, that. whatever role or hat they mm -hmm. wear. I just want to send out, you know, more like just, just people that have a 
greater ability to be fulfilled and spread joy wherever they go. Right. So that's kind of it. But where they can find me is, is Sean Olden coaching on Instagram. I'm growing my social media presence. I was off social media, Instagram for about four to five mm. years. So I'm kind of figuring out how this all works yeah. again, but, uh, figuring out a name, but I'm working on a podcast with uh, a friend, Luke Fenwick, who's another graduate from the Jay Shetty program. Mm. Uh, so we're going to be filming our first episode this month. Uh, I have another IG live project coming with another friend who's mm -hmm. been cleansing himself off of Instagram, but coming back in February, uh, where we're just going to like embracing our own journey of mm -hmm. you know vulnerability. So the name for that is still coming. But if you follow Sean Oldham coaching on Instagram, mm -hmm. all of those will get posted, uh, you know, to, to through there for sure. Amazing. So the podcast link will probably be available on Apple. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, a lot, lot of things coming and uh, just a little like a new project seems every week so yeah. awesome so basically guys stay tuned because there's a lot coming into his space and you don't want to miss out on this you know because you've had I really think that coming out of that you know mess and now again I want to repeat that you, you made your mess to the message and now you want to help the other people it's not a joke it's a, it's a tough work and sharing your, you know, sharing your experience so openly is again, beautifully, like you are doing an incredible job. So stay tuned guys. You know, he's coming up with a lot of projects, you know, you're going to be hearing a lot of stories from him. So again, thank you, Sean. I really appreciate. It. And I, I also wanted to add one of the points that you said, like, you know, you want to work with men, the belief system, like you are men grow up or be strong. That is, be just, a man. that is, yeah. Be a man. Yeah. That is the, because I have seen my husband in the same path as you have been. And it, it's difficult what people tell you, like, okay, grow up now, like, you know, be a man, like you are the, you're the, you're the man in the house, you know, you wear the pants and all these things that I don't, I have no idea where these things come from, but I bet that's what, that's what leads. That's what leads to a lot of what leads to toxic masculinity, if you will, because it's a broken model. For so, sure. you know, I, 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 if, if, if that kind of is a better way to say it is that's kind of how I want to, I want to change what mm. being a man right yes. so like you know, when you say go and be a man it's like sure absolutely i'm going to go and take care of my household and be a role model and mm. you know like yeah again it doesn't mean you you don't have to be a soft man if you yeah. embrace spirituality yeah. right like you can actually be like a very hard man and, and embrace a lot of your masculinity and still be spiritual still meditate still uh, be calm and kind right like the, it, it doesn't have to be two of the yeah. same like it doesn't need to be apart it you know, doesn't it's not have to be exclusive. on an extreme yeah it, 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 there's no such thing as you know on being on a, on an extreme level like we can have a balance or, or if we don't or you know if they don't want a balance they don't want balance like you know hmm. even up to them everybody is you know a unique soul and they have they, they have full rights to be themselves so mm -hmm. on that point i really want to to say that you're doing a wonderful job and I wish I knew you back then when my husband really needed you but nevertheless it's still not late I'm still sending him your way so thank you for you know thank you for sharing your journey and so stay tuned guys we're going to be sharing and we're going to be bringing more more coaches on your way and you know they're sharing their powerful journey and hopefully you guys get the value and the asset from our conversations and That'll be it. So for today, thank you, Sean. I really appreciate you. Thank, thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, hosting this space. Thanks for listening to Race to Rise podcast. We would absolutely love to hear your thoughts about today's episode. Please let me know you have listened to this episode and fill me with your aha moment. Share it on Instagram. Tag me with hashtag Race to Rise 
or at RacerRise, and I would love to share those to my stories and shout you out there. I would also love if you can subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It's our brand new podcast launch, and we have some bonus giveaways going on for the top raters and reviewers. Also, I would love to send you my seven-day parenting journal absolutely for free. All you gotta do is leave me a review in the iTunes store, take a screenshot, and email it over at racerisepodcast at gmail.com. Again, take a screenshot of the review and email me at racerisepodcast at gmail.com, and I will send you the seven-day parenting journal absolutely for free. Thank you so much for being the active listener of this podcast. I am so grateful for each and every one of you. Thank you for raising your consciousness and rising as joyful beings.